0: Well, good morning. We're uh, finishing up a series that we've been looking at called Intersections, where uh, we've been trying to figure out, okay, when you come to different decisions in your life, when you come to difficult decisions in your life especially, what are uh, some things you can do? What are some questions you can ask uh, to begin to get some help there? And over and over, every day, we face decisions, you know, where you look at different things. Uh, And the decisions we make put us on certain paths, they put us on certain trajectories that can end up really determining a lot of things in our life, can end up determining, you know, uh, where we end up eventually, uh, who we end up around, what we end up doing with our lives, so a lot of things, so they're very important. So uh, we began to look at things like, you know, what job should I take? Um, what school should I go to? Should I date this person? Should I marry this person? Uh, should I ask for advice on this? Probably should. Uh, on and on and on, there's many different things we look at. And so we we've tried to figure out, okay, what are some of the questions that we need to look at? What are some of the questions we need to ask? Because you could go one way or you could go the other. So you really have a decision to make and you have to look at that. Now, the first question, we've looked at five questions so far. The first week, we looked at, how does this fit into my purpose for living? And we started our time there. We began to look at the example of Jesus. And we saw that as he faced really tough decisions, one of the things he did was he began to ask, how does this decision that I'm about to make, how does this fit into the overall purpose that God has for my life? And that's a great decision. As you begin to look at things in your life, you need to begin to ask that question. Second week, we looked at, am I being completely honest with myself? Another excellent question, because we tend to believe what we say. And as you well know, that can be problematic, uh, because uh, you can really fool yourself a lot of times. And so we looked at that, and so we need to ask ourselves, am I being completely honest with myself when I do this? Then the third question was a great question. You know, what story do I want to tell? When I get on in my life and one day I'm sitting around with my, you know, children or I'm sitting around with a bunch of friends or I'm sitting around with grandchildren or whatever, what is the story that I want to tell with my life? Do I want to tell the story of, oh, yeah, boy, I'll tell you what, this was a horrible decision, you know, or do I want to actually have made a, a wiser choice? The next week we follow that up with, with is there attention tension I need to pay attention to? Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes you you go to make a decision and you just got this thing going on in your gut. You just think, I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure that's the way I should go. I'm just not sure that's the right decision. A lot of times when you feel that tension, what you need to do is you need to pause, check out your decision in with the word of God. Does it line up? Does it not line up with the word of God? And then begin to move forward with that. So. Is there a tension I need to pay attention to? And then last week we looked at, am I living by faith or just demanding my way? And what we all saw is that faith is not us just asking God to rubber stamp our plans. But faith is really trusting God in the midst of our plans changing, in the midst of them not seeming like they're uh, going exactly the way we thought, the way we'd envisioned, the way we were writing the story. When our plans change... How do, we, how do we deal with that? Do we deal with it by faith do, as we look at that? So now, each of those five questions are good. Actually, they're kind of like, like calling up a map on your phone. You know, when, you, when you're coming, a lot of times, I know for me, I'm traveling around now, and, you know, like I'll, I'll be going somewhere, and I'm trying to come to a road, and I think, well, which way should I go? So you call up one of these little maps, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, there you go. And you, so, you, you know, it makes sense. But what do you do? When it doesn't even look like the decision you're facing is on a map. In fact, you know, you think, I think I'm uh, out in the middle of nowhere. You know, what do you do then? See, sometimes you need more than a map. Sometimes what you really need is a compass. You know, sometimes you need a compass to just figure out what direction is what, which way do I head so I can kind of get calibrated on things and get things going. So sometimes you need more of that. So what is the compass that's going to direct you to the best path for your life? Even when you're not sure that uh, this decision is, is, you know, clearly visible even on a map, what is the compass that's going to guide you when you don't feel like your decision is answered by any of the first five questions? Well, the last question is going to serve as our real compass. It's going to be the thing that's going to give us uh, a sense of direction. It's going to give us a sense of, you know, this is what we should do. This is what we should be about. Now, before I cover that, though, let me just tell you this. If you're not a believer here today, if you're a person who's who's never actually uh, come into a relationship with Christ, you've never committed your life to Him, well, you know, great. You get a pass on this one. So this is great. You can kind of sit around today and say, well, I don't even have to really apply this. This is wonderful. You know, I get a pass. Yeah, it's great. You can do that. Um, another thing you'll do is you'll be able to have some insight into those who are believers who are friends of yours. Because sometimes... They've been in situations just like you. And then they seem to make decisions where they land on their feet, where you fall on your face. And you think, how did that happen? How did they know what to do? Now, that doesn't happen all the time, but it happens enough times that you're wondering, how did this happen? Well, you get a chance to kind of look behind the curtain today and figure out, oh, they had questions I did not know about. Yes, they did. So, you know, you'll be able to look at that now. Do feel the freedom. If you've you've never come into a relationship with Christ yet, you feel the freedom. You can go ahead and use the question if you want to. Uh, That's okay. You don't get counted against for that. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's one that you don't really have to. You don't really have to. You don't have to consider that. On the other hand, if you are a Christian, you know that as a follower of Christ, there's an overriding objective in your life in every decision you make to bring glory to God and to really honor Him. A Christ follower is, is really to be a, a reflector of glory, not, not a collector of glory. So a, a Christ follower, one of their, their jobs, their primary job, they are to be like a spotlight that kind of shines the focus on God. That's the purpose of those who have chosen to follow Christ. Now, in that, I mean, can you imagine if a spotlight tried to turn the focus on itself? I mean, how utterly stupid would that be? And contorted. You can't actually do that, I don't think, unless you know some sort of weirdness. So I don't know how you do that. You know, you can't really do that. Why? That's not what we were made for. We were never meant to focus on ourselves. We were meant to focus on God. We're to be like spotlights that focus on Him. So we're going to look at that, and that brings us to the final question, which is, what would be most honoring to God? What would be most honoring to God? A lot of times, that's a question that we are great at in looking in the rearview mirror. I don't know if you're like me, but a lot of times, after I've done something, I think, oh, I know what would have been honoring to God now. Hmm, wished I would have known that then. Well, see, what we want to do is we want to begin to think about this question up front before we ever have that perspective. Think about it up front and think about, okay, what would be most honoring to God? Now, honoring God really means this. It means giving him the proper weight of significance that he deserves. You know, if you're, uh, if you're looking at things and you're kind of weighing things, it means like if you have a hundred things on this side of the scale and, you know, this side of the scale seems like, whoa, yeah, but then you put God on this side of the scale, it kind of goes, whoop, and you go, oh, okay, you know. Why? Because God carries a lot of weight. You know, what he decides carries a lot of weight. Honoring him also means that you treat him with uh, admiration. You treat him with respect. It really means to give recognition to as well. So a lot of times, you know, uh, we look and we can kind of think, I did all of this. And the reality is God has given us different abilities. God has given us different uh, gifts. God has even given us life and breath. So we didn't really do all that much to start with. So beginning to look at this, now this theme is found throughout the Bible. And what we're going to do is we're going to look in, in a couple, of three different places at, at some specific things about what does it say and, and how does this come out. So one of the first places we're going to look at is, is with Paul. Paul uh, speaking to the Corinthian uh, church. Now Corinth, Corinth, if you don't know about the, uh, much about the Bible, uh, let me tell you a little bit about ancient Corinth. Corinth was this—it was this big international city. Okay, it was a very diverse city, uh, filled with people from all different kinds of backgrounds. It was—it uh, had a reputation for you—you could have uninhibited pleasure in Corinth. Corinth was the place if you wanted it, you could get it in Corinth. I mean, as weird as, kinky as you thought that Corinth had it. So in that case, it was much like our towns, uh, much like modern towns we have today. But you look at Paul, and Paul's advice to the Corinthians is not leave there, run away to a small town in urban America. No, no, no. Paul's advice to them is live in such a way that you really, amongst all of these diverse people you live amongst, live in such a way that you bring honor and glory to God. And so let's look at the first thing Paul says right here. He's writing to the Corinthians. And in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, he states it this way. He says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you? Whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And the truth that Paul wants us to get is this. Every time you make a decision that involves your body, ask yourself the question, what would be most honoring to God? Now, I don't know about you, but that takes in most of my decisions. You know, like when I think, uh, okay, what about decisions where I'm just thinking? Well, last time I checked, my brain was uh, in my body. You know, what about when I'm speaking? Well, there again, my mouth, it's in my body. Uh, you know, what, what about just acting? Well, that's my body. So, I mean, it tends to kind of encompass all of these decisions in your life. You begin to look around and you think, wow, that, that takes on quite a few. Yeah, in, in case, oh, sorry about that. In case we missed it, you know, uh, Paul reiterates it a little while later in Corinthians. Now, the Corinthians were a lot like us sometimes. Sometimes they could get this idea about just segmenting things. Sometimes they could have the idea, okay, I need to compartmentalize this. Now, I need to really honor God in, like, religious things. So that's really what God's interested in. You know, I mean, many people, they think that what God does is he kind of stands outside of each church on Sunday, and he's kind of going, oh, here, okay, not here, oh, oh. You know, or he's kind of sitting around, you know, and he's going, let me see, uh, were they meeting with me this morning? Nope, slept in. Mm. You know, and that, you know, in these decisions, God's really wanting us to honor him. But then, other decisions, God's kind of like, eh, I don't care. The reality is, that's not the case at all. So Paul picks up on that. And he says this over in First 1 Corinthians 10.31. So whether you eat or drink, Or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Do all for the glory of God. In other words, in the everyday areas of life, in the everyday areas of life, ask yourself the question, what would be most honoring to God? What would be most honoring to God? So, when you're studying, now this presupposes something there, doesn't it? (laughs) When you're studying, uh, Ask yourself the question: What would be most honoring to God? Should I go and go to that party and say, "God will give to those even in their sleep"? Maybe I should try that, you know. Or should I go ahead and study? Uh, study, yeah. You know, start thinking about, th- you know, what would be most honoring to God. When you're doing things like some of you have little bitty kids, well, I'll tell you what, you know, when you're changing diapers, think. What would be most honoring to God? Now, to go ahead and change it—that would be real honoring, right there. So let's, let's go ahead and cover that up front. But I mean, even the way you go about that, the way that you, uh, the way that you uh, approach your kids, the way you look at your kids—you know—are they like <sighs> they're going to be an inconvenience for another 16 years, and then they're out? You know, or you know, do you approach it in a different way? Also, you know, different things as as you're going about mowing the lawn. As you're doing things like that, um, when you're getting ready to tell a joke and you think, oh, 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 I've got this great joke. Well, do you stop and say, now, what would be most honoring to God here? Maybe I should just kind of uh, put that joke aside. Maybe that's one I don't even tell. You know, you begin to look. Paul says, in whatever you do, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So Paul says, you know what areas you should think on when you're thinking of honoring God? All of them. All of them. Every area of your life. Now Jesus comes along, and Jesus picks up on it like this. His take on this is found in Matthew 5, 14 through 16. And he says this, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now you notice Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Not a light. You are the light. I mean, there's not going to be any other light that's going to be shown. This is it. I'm, I'm depending on you. You are the light. For those of you that have become followers of his, he says, you are the light. But then he begins to say some other things here. He says, uh, you are the light of the world. What what is the purpose of light? You know, the purpose of light is to expose reality, to illuminate. That's why we uh, don't have romantic dinners at noon on the beach, but they're at night by candlelight. Why? Everything looks better by candlelight. I mean, even the person across from you, you know, so you look around, and you think, oh, yes, this is much better. You see, we like to kind of stay in the shadows. We don't like to really, you know, be out in the light. Why? Because light exposes reality. And a lot of us would think, there's some reality parts of me I would like to not have exposed. You know, so, you know, that's the purpose of light, to expose reality. But in verse 15, he says, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a bucket. Well, of course not. I mean, that would be kind of stupid. That'd be like, you know. If someone said, boy, it's really dark in here, and you said, hey, no problem, and you flip on a a lamp over here, and then you take a big uh, bucket and you put it over it, you're like, "Uh, how did that help? Well, it doesn't. I mean, that's really stupid. You know why? Well, because you don't do things like that. what you do is you place lights strategically around. You place lights strategically around. Can Can you imagine walking into a house, and you're thinking about buying this house, or you're thinking about renting the house, and you think, oh, Let's go check this out. This is going to be great. So you go over there, and it's about, you know, 8 o'clock at night. You've gotten off work. You've eaten. You're going over to check this out. And you walk in, and you start looking around, and living room, no lights. And you go, oh, well, it must be one of those things where they plug things, lamps in or something. So you kind of make your way to the kitchen, and you, you go in there, and you start feeling around. And you look around, and you realize, no lights. And you go, okay, that's odd. That's odd. Well, maybe they get a lot of light coming in from the window. And you kind of walk over, you know, you walk into the bedrooms, no lights. And you're kind of thinking, wow, this is weird. Then you walk into the bathroom and you flip, and all of a sudden, lights everywhere. In fact, every light from the entire house is right there in the bathroom. I mean, you lift up, there's a light. You know, you're just, everywhere you look, lights here, lights there. Light. You're like, oh my gosh, you open up cabinets, there's lights in the cabinets. You think, how in the world, medicine, cab- there's lights, and you're like, You're thinking, this was one of the most stupid builders I've ever met in my life. He put every single light in one room. That is stupid. You're right, it is. See, God has never been that stupid. What God does is he strategically places you and I in places that he knows we can really illuminate. We can really expose reality. We can really shine light. You're in places I'm not, and the reason you're there is to be light. You need to do that. You need to really shine right where you are. So, he says, you know, he has strategically placed this word to eliminate. Then verse 16. In verse 16, he says, "Um, In such a way, he says, let your light shine before others in such a way. In such a way. You know, in other words, you are to shine the light tactfully. You ever seen people, now you see this with guys all the time, you know, like if you're little. If you ever go on a camp out with guys and they have uh, flashlights, they're dangerous. But you know, you go on camp outs with them and what do they think? Oh, you, they're like walking around and they go, hey, look at this. And you're like, whoa. You know, And then you're stumbling around. You can't, why? Lights aren't meant to be flashed in people's eyes. They're not meant to do things like that. Lights are meant to illuminate. They're not, they're not meant to blind people with. When Jesus is speaking here, one of the things he's wanting us to see is, you know what? The way that we do it the way that we go about being light is very important as well. He said, you know, we need to learn to do it tactfully. In fact, he, he if you read on into chapter 6, he kind of juxtapositions some things there. He says, there are things that are supposed to really shine in your life. There are things that are supposed to really show. And then there's things that aren't supposed to show. And he starts t- speaking at one point. he says, you know, uh, for instance, he said, if you're praying, just go in your closet. And go pray, and your Father who sees the secret will reward you. He said, when you're praying, don't sit around and walk up and go, "Yeah, I'm doing okay today. My knees, they're pretty worn out though. Probably was just all that time praying for you and others that are sinners, uh, you know." And no, no. He said, you know what? If you're praying, just go there. He said, or. He, he proceeds on. He says, you know, not just if you're praying, but if you're giving. He said, you know, don't go around, you know, and try to have your entire amount of money you're giving, you know, transferred into coins and then go, why let me put that in the offering? Glang, 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 No. He said, but when, you're, when you're giving, don't even let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. Just give in secret. Then he talks about fasting. He says, you know, when you're fasting... Don't walk around looking all gone. Walk around with a toothpick in your mouth. You know I mean? Just walk around looking normal. Why? Because the things that got us to be the way that we are, light in the world, the things that God's using to transform us, those are the things that are to be hidden. The thing that's supposed to show is the kind of people he's turning us into, our lifestyle, the kind of person you're becoming. So he says, you know, let your life Shine before people. So, in the areas that God has strategically placed you, you are to be asking the question what would be most honoring to God? What would be the thing that would be most honoring to Him? Now, what would it look like for you to begin to ask that? What would it look like for you to begin to ask the question, what would be most honoring? In fact, what would it look like to begin to ask what would be most honoring to God? In every area in which your body is involved, and in every area of your life in general, as Paul speaks about, in the everyday areas of life, and in the areas that God has strategically placed you, what would it look like to begin to ask the question, what would be most honoring to God? Well, when you begin to ask that question, you know, one of the things that's going to be true is you're probably going to find yourself doing some unusual things. You're going to find yourself doing some things that other people just aren't doing. In fact, uh, you'll, you'll watch and you'll think, well, they get away with all kinds of things. Well, for now, for now. But you begin to look. What you'll find is you will do some radically different things as you begin to ask yourself this question. Some of you, God has placed in the medical field. And the way that you go about relating, the way you go about caring for people is going to have a huge impact on the way people view God or the way they don't. I know that recently uh, my sister-in-law was out here. Uh, She had to have her brain operated on, which we gave her quite a bit of uh, information about. And, uh, you know, she had something uh, where she had like a little hole where uh, the fluid from her brain was leaking out. I had offered my vital help with this, uh, telling her, you know, like a uh, a little thing of uh, sticky glue or something just in a drip right there would probably settle the whole thing. She did not take that. I don't know what her problem is, but, you know, I, I've given her my expert medical advice. But one of the things that she found was she was dealing with these doctors in Phoenix. And as she was talking to different ones, some of them would go, oh, yeah, I don't think it's a big deal. And she had noticed health-wise she began to go down, energy-wise she began to go down. All of these different things she began to notice, wow, that's really a problem. And so finally she, she went to this one doctor. And she's a nurse, by the way. Good night. You would think she could find a competent doctor. But she finally finds this one doctor who says, you know, there is uh, some guys that are experts in this out in uh, Los Angeles, of course. And so, uh, you know, he says, you know, out at this place, Cedar sinai so we're going to refer you out there. So they do. And he says, you can call this doctor out there. But you know what? Before she'd ever gotten home, the doctor that he referred her to had called her. He said, I wanted to check in and get your history. I've already ordered all of your charts. I've I've already ordered this. I've already ordered this. I'd like to see more of what's going on with you. So what I'm thinking is this. You could come out here. We will run these tests. We'll run this. We'll do this. We'll do And all of a sudden she's like, oh, my gosh. Why? A doctor that actually was doing his job. He actually cared for her. He he was actually taking initiative. He was doing. Now, when she finds out that that doctor's a believer, do you think her view of God goes up? Or down. Yeah, and you know what? The same thing's true in our life. It doesn't matter what field you're in. The way you go about handling the details of your life gives people a real impression of God this way or this way. So what you want to do is you want to begin to ask yourself the question: What would be most honoring to God? You know, for some of you, uh, what if you ask that question in marriage? You know, what that's going to mean for some is, you know what, you're going to wade back in, you're going to have some discussions, you're going to, you're going to go ahead and, and go back into that relationship and you're going to work on trying to solve some things, even if you're not sure you want to. And the reason you are is because as you've asked the question, what would be most honoring to God? You've come to the conclusion, you know what, wade back in there. Wade back in to start dealing with things. Start putting this together. Start having a marriage that would really honor God and would really bless others. So, you know, you look at it like that. For some of you, what's going to happen is you're going to choose to forgive when there's absolutely no good reason for it. You're going to sit around and you're going to think, well, you know, that person has not changed a bit. What they did to me is still intact. They have not repented. They haven't changed. Why in the world would I forgive? Well, the reason you would forgive is because you've begun to ask yourself the question, You know, what would be most honoring to God in this situation? What would be most honoring to Him? And so as you begin to ask that, you find yourself doing some radical things. You find yourself doing things like forgiving people who really don't deserve forgiveness. And you find yourself uh, wading into things that you you really hadn't planned on. For others, as you face moral choices and you're asking what would be most honoring to God, it's going to cause you to take a very different path than many of your friends take. In fact, it's going to cause you to take a different path than our PC culture would take. But you've chosen to take that because as you ask that question, it really causes you to go on a different trajectory, to make different choices. For others, it's going to be just in everyday things. As you're asking, um, you know, like as you're considering your attitude towards referees at your children's games, hmm, Yes, that's one I can look at in the rearview mirror and say, you know what, what would be most honoring to God? You know, probably not the path I was thinking, you know, so you begin to look, you know, you begin to ask that. Or for others, it's going to be, you know, as your two-year-old has asked you why for the 12th time in the last hour. You know, the way you respond to them makes a big difference because you've asked that question. What would be most honoring to God? For some of you, you're going to be graduating, and uh, your parents are glad about that. You know, where you're going to land, what job you're going to take, what you're going to be a part of, that takes on a whole different meaning when you enter this question in. And you say, you know what? I know what I've kind of planned. I know what I've kind of got going But, you know, what would be most honoring to God? What do I really need to do there? Suddenly... That begins to take on something. And sometimes, um, when we think about honoring God, I don't know how you are, but, you know, when when you think about honoring God, you think about honoring God when you're really successful. Have, Have you noticed that? I mean, you know, you have some times to where, you know, you're thinking, when I win the championship, then I'm going to stand up and I'm going to say, God is the one who allowed me to do this. Well, that's good. But you know what, there's very few people who are always winning the championships, usually one. So what are you going to do when you're not? In fact, what are you going to do when you're not the one who's won the championships, but really, you know, you not only didn't win the championship, you didn't get the promotion. In fact, it went to the suck up in the office, who you really just don't even understand. You know, they gave it to him. What in the world are you going to do then? How do you respond when you ask that question then? You know, we have a, a guy that, uh, that you know right here, uh, John, uh, who used to play football for University of Southern California. And uh, as he did, you know, one of the things he went out, and as John was there, one of the things I think John had envisioned in his mind is, you know, I'm going to go out here, and by the way that I'm out here, and by the way I'm successful on the offensive line, and by the way that I am uh, really, you know, setting myself above these guys and really working hard and carrying myself. When I'm really successful, these guys, then what they're going to do is they're going to look at me and they're going to go, oh, boy, I'll tell you what, we need to listen to this guy. Um, but then John found some things. One, he got up there, and there was a, there was a coach that was fairly interesting. And uh, he would take and just find ways to abuse John um, consistently. I mean, for, for no good reason. I mean, the, the guy was just, you know, kind of a twerp. And he would do these things, and, and he would uh, pull him aside, and, and the other guys began to notice this. And one day John and I were talking, and John was like, you know, honestly, I don't really know that I want to keep doing this. And I said, really? He said, yeah. said, why not? I don't know. He said, you know, I mean, I'm working hard, I'm really doing this, but this guy, I mean, this guy, every time, it doesn't matter how well I do, I mean, I can do the job excellent, and he just finds, he's picking it apart, you know always pulling me out, always singling me out, always doing things. And I said, you know, John, had it ever occurred to you that God may not want to use your success, he may not want to use that to really speak to these guys, but he may want to really use how do you respond when things aren't going your way? How do you respond when things are falling apart? And John said, no, I hadn't really thought about that. I thought, you know, really, I hadn't either until just now. And so John was there, and he said, Well, you know what? I'm going to begin to ask a different question. So he went out there, and he began to ask, What would be most honoring to God? Not in the situation I wished I was in, but in the one I'm actually in. What would be most honoring to God? I think if you begin to ask that, what you'll begin to find is, life will, life will be very different for you. Life will take on a whole, whole, different, uh, whole different trajectory. So Paul... Paul tells us, you know what? In every area where you're bringing your body with you, honor God. In the everyday areas of life, the mundane, honor God. And Jesus comes in and says, you know, in the areas I have strategically placed you, ask yourself, what would would be most honoring to God? Now, what happens when you live without a without asking that question. You know, the reality, not much. Life just begins to take on kind of a dull sameness every single day. And you kind of look around and you think, wow, nothing's different. Yeah, well, you're not living any different. But when you begin to ask the question, okay, what would really be honoring to God? Suddenly life takes on a whole new dimension. And what you begin to find is that um, something profound begins to really take place. You begin to experience life the way God designed it to be. And you begin to sense his pleasure on your life. You begin to live life in such a way that, that, that you know, it, it's very different. In fact, this feeling begins to come over you and you think, you know what, I was made for this. And the reality is, you were. So my encouragement to you today is simply this: Begin to ask yourself the question, "What would be most honoring to God?" Now, you got in your programs, you got um, you got a little card there, a little uh, comment card, and we're going to begin to look at some things, some next steps that you could uh, that you could do to begin to apply. It's one of the things you might want to do: Memorize Matthew five sixteen. And begin to keep that firmly in your mind. You know what? God has strategically placed me in spots, and I need to be looking to be light right where he's placed me. No one else has he placed right here. He's placed me. So you might want to do that. You might want to check that on your comment card. Or secondly, you know, ask yourself as you face decisions for the rest of the day, what would be most honoring to God? Now, I'm not asking you to commit for all week or all month. I mean, just for today. Okay? I mean, there's, and half of today has gone. I mean, just for today, decide, you know what? I'm going to ask myself in the decisions I face the rest of the day with my family, with coworkers, with whoever, I'm going to begin to ask myself, what would be most honoring to God? And, and, and look at that for just today. Or thirdly there, maybe for the first time, I accept Jesus as my Savior and will follow Him. You know, you may be thinking... You know, as I've been thinking about this, I've, I've been thinking about this for quite a while, and, and I've decided that the thing that would be most honoring to God is for me to go ahead and begin a relationship with Him. And plus that, it would help me a whole lot in applying this because, I mean, why am I doing that if I don't? So you know what? That would be a good thing. If you're at the point where you think, well, you know, I've still got questions. Well, let me encourage you. That's fine. Get them answered. If you hold on to questions too long, they just become excuses. So You know what? Get questions answered, but begin to look at that. Now, also on the comment card, there's a couple of other opportunities. They're not really next steps, but there are other opportunities that are there. One of them is about a uh, parenting seminar that's coming up here. The other is about a Church in the Valley preview. If you'd like to be a part of either of those, please check that and uh, on your uh, comment card, and then you can drop that into the bucket as uh, they're going to be coming around and uh, having the offering here in just a minute. Let me pray for us, and we'll invite the band back up. Father, thank you that um, as we face decisions in life that we're not even sure what in the world to do or how to approach them. We, we don't have any maps that point that out for us, yet you've given us a real compass in your word and in asking the question and setting our hearts to do exactly what uh, Jesus has said, to set our hearts to really honor you, to really glorify you. So help us to ask that question to ourselves again and again. What would be most honoring to you? And then to put that into practice. And we pray those things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.